I'm ready for some interesting Star Trek memes coming out on this. <laughs> Joey is ready for a purely functional podcast. <laughs> there will be swooshy doors, there will be a teleporter, and then a subplot, possibly romance. And then we'll all go home and have a biscuit. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room Star Trek Special, the puzzling podcast where a group of buffooning buddies have a beverage and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Chris, and locked in with me today is... Me! I'm Mike! Hello. Hello, I'm Mike. <laughs> uh, you may remember me from every other episode of the Infinite Escape Room, which I, which I normally host. What are you drinking this evening, Mike? I am drinking a scrumptious uh, Guinness to calm my nerves while Chris does this temporary takeover of the podcast. <laughs> I've already necked half a tin in the first <laughs> two minutes, two seconds of the recording. It's all going to be fine. Hello, I'm Joey. Um, I've only been, well, is it once I've been in here? I can't remember now. Yeah, once. I'm drinking a lovely Yorkshire cup of tea. It's the only brand you should drink. Don't know. Don't, don't believe him. It's, it's PG tips. You're a monster. Hi, I'm Jack. I'm a first-time guest, and I've got a rum and coke. Did I mention I had a rum and coke as well? No, well. you didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm having a rum and coke. Are the same rum and coke Jack's having pretty much. When you say the same one, is it like the same glass? Maybe you two <laughs> sipping out of a curly straw like Lady and the Tramp, and then maybe the straws get tangled up, and then next thing you know, ooh. It's just one straw. <laughs> so how does this work? Each week we'll be locked in a charmingly themed escape room of the ears. If we don't escape within the hour, dire things shall befall us. If we accidentally trigger a transporter accident, Joey and Mike will be merged into a single entity called Mikoe, and Chris will be forced to choose whether to sacrifice them to restore balance to the Force. This week, we find ourselves on board the Starship Enterprise D. Our three junior officers have been brought to the captain's ready room. Now, it appears the three of you were caught running through the aft cargo bay naked, trying to catch what Mr. Worf describes as a large chicken. What do you have to say for yourselves? I'm not naked. <laughs> and I do not recall running naked through any cargo bays. That's your defense, Morana, and I'm sticking to it. That's no excuse. I'm putting all of you on cleaning duty for the next month. Lieutenant Commander Harrison will be supervising you. He gestures Lieutenant Commander Harrison standing at the back of the ready room in a red commander's uniform. Follow me. Holodeck 4. We've had some difficulties getting Holodeck 4 operational. The last person to use it was Commander Riker. The automated systems can't seem to get it clean. The computer won't let anyone in without a biohazard suit. You need to end the program and clean the holodeck. Lieutenant Commander Harrison hands each of you a biohazard suit, and you proceed into the holodeck. You find yourselves in a small grey room with a single computer panel and a door directly in front of you. What would you like to do? Well, I had the last ensigns to clean up after Commander Riker had to go to Psych for a month, so I'm, I'm hoping we do a little better. <laughs> Can I prod the computer panel? So inspecting this panel, you see it has a single line of text asking, Do you consent? There are two buttons underneath it. Yes and no. Yeah, is there like a terms and conditions we can read on this, like, a, like iTunes? No. That feels like a breach of GDPR. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned about what we're sort of consenting to. To a degree, we have already consented to this when Chris said, do you want to be in this recording? Um, <laughs> which is worrying. Let's yeah. press no and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with that. You press no, there's a beeping noise, 
and nothing happens. I feel like it's a trick. Press it again. There's the same beeping noise and nothing happens. Is there a button around the side that says enthusiastically consent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there should have been. <laughs> uh, no, there's not. Okay, we're going to have to suffice to consent enthusiastically then. So I'm going to summon up all my energy and, and push yes, dooming us all to irreparable psychic damage. Pressing yes, a message appears on the screen. Your safe word is candle. The door opens and reveals a scene so depraved it defies description. There are holographic bodies entangled in holographic bodies covering the floor. One of the many scantily clad women approach you. Hi, I'm Sasha. Are you seeking Jamaron? I can fulfill your wildest dreams. More holographic characters get up and start walking enticingly towards you all. They grab you, trying to remove the biohazard suits. What would you like to do? Shout candle as loud as possible. Whoa, steady on now. Let's just roll with this. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joey, I know you don't have a horse in this race, but some of us could really do with a little... Some of us be married for five years and could do with a little boosty boost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> could do with a bit of jammer on in our lives. Are you, are you shouting candle or are we just seeing how it plays out? Can Joey shout candle while I emphatically don't shout candle? <laughs> no. Not unless you can shout like the opposite sine wave. You know how noise cancelling headphones Ilandek! Ilandek! <laughs> <laughs> can I shout that while loosening my biohazard garter? <laughs> Provocatively. Uh, are, you, are you all shouting candle then? No, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays on. I think I think Jerry was shouting candle, Mike was really going with it, and I was trying to redirect attention to him. <laughs> Jerry has already shouted candle. Oh, that's it, I've shouted it. Suddenly Sasha and every other holographic character flicker out of existence, and you're left standing in a destroyed pleasure palace. There are various toys and contraptions littering the ground, like rubble after a battle. What would you like to do? Can we leave? <laughs> <laughs> So would you like to call for the exit? Sure. Call for the exit. It appears. You walk over to it. On the panel it says, please provide verification code. Did not realise that you could just call for the exit. Is that a thing they can do in Star Trek? Yeah, that's how you get out of the holodeck. You computer exit. Okay, so we need a code for that. You said that there were, we were littered with Pleasure Palace toys and rubble. Yeah. I say, I say no, Pleasure Palace toys. I'm assuming they were actually like knee deep in Riker's horrendous sex pest <laughs> hellscape <laughs> tell me about what nightmare we're knee deep in okay I, I don't think I can fully describe the room and still publish the podcast however there are a pile of toys in the furthest corner a sex swing off to your right and a very large bed to your left I would like to explore the sex swing <laughs> yay I hope that becomes a clip and my ringtone lying on the sex swing is a single pad At the top of it reads Karma Sutra. Below the title is the code SETI937. I think I'm going to very gingerly pick it up by the corner, like trying to touch it as little <laughs> as possible and, uh, and bring it over to the, to the door so we can try and enter the code. That verification code is incorrect, is displayed on the computer screen. On the basis that we've got other bits in here as well, and there might be other elements to this code for the escape, for the exit, sorry. Can we take a look 
at the bed, please. Okay, you wander over to the bed. It's an extremely large four-poster bed. There are ropes tied to each post. Do the ropes, like, end in knots at the other end so they're just kind of, like, empty? Yeah, they are kind of uh, got a bit of a loop at the end, about the size of a humanoid's wrist. Can I pull on one of the ropes and see what happens? You know, you can see the whole rope. It's just attached to the post. It just gets pulled taut. Hmm. Is there anything under the bed? There's nothing directly under the bed. Like, you can see all the way through it. There's just floor. What's the mattress like? Is it, like, bouncy or is it quite firm? Are you, are you feeling the mattress? Yeah, I'm going to lay on the mattress. It's, it's very bouncy, but quite a soft mattress. Very springy. However, you, you lay on a bit and notice it's sort of um, sort of a bit where there's a bump up on one, one side. A4 paper sized. It's a bit uncomfortable. How can you feel a bump the width <laughs> a piece of A4 paper? Bloody hell, Joey, you princess. A4 paper, like, area sized. Oh, not, gotcha. not height. I was going to yeah. say, because like, there's that thing about princesses being able to feel a P330 mattresses, but being able to feel a piece of A4 paper <laughs> through a mattress is fucking supernatural. <laughs> they could calibrate micron scales with you. Okay, so should we try? I'll, yeah, let's let's lift it. Rip it. Is it underneath the mattress or what? Are you lifting the mattress? Yeah, I lift the mattress. So you lift the mattress and you find another pad. At the top of it reads, "Not porn. Do not open." I immediately go and open it. Yes, open it. Uh, <laughs> so you open that that folder and there's another folder inside there saying, "Definitely not porn. Please don't look." Clearly, we have to look again. I think we should probably respect his privacy. Absolutely not. <laughs> so you open it, and displayed before you is huge, vast gallery of naked creatures from every single corner of the galaxy. They're, they've been taken, sort of, should we say, in an amateur fashion. Um, is there some sort of like body that deals with animal abuse or like alien abuse at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the photos appears happy and definitely aware of the photos being taken. Yeah, but are they all of suitable age to give consent, for example? What yes, about the Gucci-ons yes. of Gucci47, who only live to seven years? <laughs> there's no there's no accompas in, <laughs> in the photos. We're fine. We don't have that whole weird Voyager plot going on. <laughs> like, ooh. The, the show writers have cunningly dodged that particular bullet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what else is on this uh, this A4 pad? Below the title of the pad, when you're at the front, there is also the code Alpha 846. I think that leaves us with the pile of toys, does it not? Yeah. Do you want to go digging, Mike? You go over to the pile of toys. Many of them appear to have been used, and several of them appear to have been made for non-humanoid species. Um, I don't even know how to visualise that. You need to read the culture doubles. That that really gets you into... Oh, they <laughs> do. Of- Ian M. Banks, God bless him. He does like a bit of uh, a bit of Alien oh, yeah. Strange, doesn't he? Oh yes, he does. <laughs> Imagine an inverted butt plug of the size of a school bus, but covered in spikes. There is an alien somewhere that will stick it up its ass for fun. <laughs> wow! Can we dig it underneath all the toys? So you start digging through them. So there's various slimy things going past your head. I mean, you're still in the biohazard suit. You're okay. Eventually, you find another pad. And the top of the pad is the title, The Joy of Sex. And below the title is the code, Beta341. I mean, what title was there for the Alpha 846 pad, then? That was, Not Porn, Do Not Open. Did it have, like, a subtitle, then, with a secondary folder? Yeah, that was, like, a, a directory inside. Because you don't just put your porn in one directory, do you? You have two directories, so that someone can't get in. Well, I don't know, Chris. Is this, is this what you do, is it? You hide it in several folders. So I'm told. <laughs> So we have Alpha, Beta and SETI in our codes. So I would suggest that what we need to try in the exit panel would be something to the tune of 84634 
as the exit code. Can we call for the exit gate and, and try keying that in, please, Chris? Yeah, you try that code, and it doesn't work. Well, fuck, fuck, diddly fuck. If we try again, but with the alpha, beta, and seti bits at the beginning as well? So, like, alpha, eight, four, six. You provide the code alpha, eight, four, six, beta, three, four, one, seti, nine, three, seven, and the program deactivates. You will return to the familiar black and yellow of the holodeck. However, you notice there is a biological contaminant left covering most of the floor and walls. It appears translucent and quite sticky. Oh. There are two mops and a bucket of water in the corner of the room. Well, I'll just sit here while you two get to work. (laughs) I was was literally going to be like, boys, boys, you can both have a mop. So I'm, I'm going to splash across the room, my, my feet sticking to the ground, and, uh, go and go and fetch one of those mops before they become uh, hot property. No, that's, that's a good shout. Also, Joey, you numped. What are you sitting down in this room for? There's spudge all over the floor. <laughs> you need a soggy bum. Hey, I'm in a biohazard suit. No one cares. <laughs> you can still feel the squidge as you sit down, though. That's, that's pretty grim. Some people might like that. But... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, 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 I'll take the other mop. You're taking the other mop. Okay. Fuck yes, I'm not sitting down in it. I'm not going to scooch myself <laughs> along like a dog with worms. I think we're going to need a bigger mop. <laughs> you mop the room and you walk out the holodeck. Please tell me we leave the bucket of stuff there and don't spread the, yeah. the contaminant. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's taken care of. It's, it's all good. So who's mopped my ass then? <laughs> God. Nobody. It has to cross there for the rest of the episode, Joey. <laughs> so you walk out the holodeck and Lieutenant Commander Harrison's waiting for you. Well done cleaning the holodeck. Here, take this. And he passes you the hollow key. I'm going to just pass him the bucket of stuff uh, in return. <laughs> <laughs> he, he takes the bucket and says, thank you. This is Lieutenant Commander Pranica. He'll be assisting us with the next job. He motions to Lieutenant Commander Pranica in a red command uniform. Good to meet you. There has been an incident in engineering. We need to clean up the damage. On entry engineering, you see how much damage has been done. There are exploded consoles all around you and rubble covering the floor. Lieutenant Commander Harrison leads the group towards the warp core. Chief Engineer Argyle told us to start... Ah! Oh no! Suddenly, a bluish electrical discharge shoots out of the warp core and hits Lieutenant Commander Harrison, instantly vaporizing him. The emergency blast door closes, separating the warp core from the rest of engineering. You're all trapped on the warp core side, with the exception of Lieutenant Commander Pranica. Picard Engineering, we are registering an overload in the flux capacitor. You need to realign the dilithium crystals to prevent a warp core breach. Looking around the room, you can see there is a handrail around the warp core with a console attached, along with the lifts to the upper level. Can we go and see what's on the console? The lower level console is deactivated. Well, does it say deactivated or is it just not powering up? It's just completely black, yeah, there's no... There is no power coming to it at all. Is there any kind of front panel we can pry off? No, there's nothing you can see, obviously, to get to it. It just appears completely dead. Can we wiggle the VGA lead? (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) You wiggle the VGA lead and think nothing happens. So glad they've got VGA on the Enterprise. And you said there was a lift leading up? Yeah, there's a lift leading up to the second level. Is there no other consoles on the ground floor? No other consoles are on your side now. We'll have to go up the lift. So you ride up the lift to the top level and you can see there are multiple consoles up there. Most of them have lost power except for one. Well, let's go to the one. Right, I have to get a prop for this, but... You have to get a prop. 
Yeah, because I can't do this in my head, apparently. Is this where Chris gets his microwave from the kitchen and then puts it in his lap and spends the next 20 minutes microwaving his groin in order to play with the timer? <laughs> Every now and then we just hear In space in the console, you see there are six hexagons arranged in a circle. There is an additional hexagon in the centre of the circle. The centre hexagon has lines reaching from its centre to its sides. The other six hexagons are numbered one to six, starting from the top right and proceeding clockwise. Each of these hexagons has a single line pointing from the centre to one of the sides. The sixth hexagon's line points towards the centre hexagon and is highlighted in green. There is a console where you can enter a single digit and a number of degrees. Can we get a repeat of where the lines were? It took me that long to draw hexagons. In fact, just a repeat of all of that again, because I drew my hexagons before you'd gotten finished. And I was like, well, for fuck's sake, they're all slightly misaligned now, you bum smell. Hi, listeners. Editing Chris here. This was the first moment I started to get nervous about doing a visual puzzle on an audio show. Let's fast forward a bit. Number uh, six is top left, yeah. Are any of the other lines in green? None of the other hexagons are highlighted in green. Which sorry, which one was highlighted in green number six? Yes, I've just realised I've got some numbers wrong. Maybe it would have helped if I'd been better prepared. Someone wanna send me a photo of what they've drawn and then I can confirm. Good audio audio puzzle so far. I mean if you need a diagram, geez. That seems like more your mistake than ours. Okay, so it looks like we need to get all the lines to point into the middle. Finally, Jack starts to get it. So the the line on number hexagon number one, the top right hexagon, yep. is going from the centre to one of the sides. Which of the sides is it currently pointing to? It is pointing to the side at about five o'clock. Oh wait, so they're not even pointing at the sides that they're near. Right, this next bit is where I start to consider that my miscalculation was more with the intellectual capabilities of the puzzlers and less with the design of the puzzle. Yeah, number two's facing five, number three is facing six-ish, number four is facing like eight o'clock. You, you haven't got enough information to know that. Okay. All we know at the moment is the position of number one and number six, and number six is pointing towards the middle and is correct, so we need to enter like the number of the hexagon we want to rotate and then how many degrees we want to rotate it. Oh, I understand now. Oh, I understand. Okay. Number one, we need to rotate clockwise by something like 30 or 60 degrees, I'm not... 60 degrees is the angle of rotation of a, a hexagon. Okay, so if, if we type one and then 60 degrees into the control panel... You will find that hexagon rotates and immediately lights up green. Mike is about to confirm my theory. I, I see, that makes much more sense. When you said degrees, I was thinking temperature earlier. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very cold. Oh, Jack, that, oh, that dad humor, that's good. I'll see myself up. Oh God, someone got a pun into my episode. Ha <laughs> ha. Do you have a no pun policy? I have a very strict no pun policy. I, on the other hand, have an extremely pro pun policy. So Jack, <laughs> if you've got any more belters you want to send my way, I'll stick them in before it goes online. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Fabulous. I was working entirely on temperatures. I think that's just made my point for me there. <laughs> oh no, because yeah, you're right. Degrees are famously that thing you use to measure how wide your feet are. Uh, Sorry, should I have done it in radians instead? Would have that made it clearer? Oh, that would have been beautiful, but only if you did tower radians. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm harshing on Chris for his puzzle, just because I couldn't twig it. Yeah, okay, um, I'll rotate number... So we've just done number one, haven't we? Which way is number two facing? So hexagon number two 
is pointing at seven o'clock. Okay. Can I rotate that once? Yeah, 60 degrees is, is, I think, what you want there, but yes. And it goes green. Okay, so what position is number three in? So number three is pointing to approximately two o'clock. So can I type in number three and then five, six tower radians? <laughs> uh, how many degrees do you want to go? I've already let myself down with mental maths today. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think someone else can do 60 times five for me. 60 times five? That's 300, wait a minute. No, that's not 360, shit. 120, 120 degrees. 120, no. Well, I'm really confused now. Wow. What maths is this? <laughs> no, wait, five times five times 60 is 360. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Where am I? Who's the president? It's 300 degrees, there we go, 300 degrees. We're on a spaceship. We passed an exam to be here, presumably. Somebody actually hired us for this spaceship. Do you think that us four could pass the like exam to be the cleaning crew for the Enterprise? Like, no. What, what, what must like the intelligence requirement of that be? You need the lowest possible intelligence so you don't understand what you're seeing when you clean out Riker's holodeck. <laughs> like, we do not have good will saves. If we were cognizant of what we were seeing, we would go irreparably mad. <laughs> so, welcome to your first day. This is the Spooge Hoover. <laughs> why, why is it called the Spooge Hoover? No more questions! I feel like gaming the system, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna type in three and 60 degrees, and I'm going to type that in five times. You did the 300 degrees, you're fine. It... Okay, so we're over to number four now then. So what position is that in? And number four is pointing at seven o'clock. So one thing, probably about, what, 180 degrees? And it rotates 180 degrees, and it goes green. And last of all, number six, which way is the uh, number six hexagon facing, please? Number six is pointing about five o'clock, and it's green. It's number five we haven't done, I don't think. Number five is pointing at about ten o'clock. Okay, so that needs to be rotated twice clockwise, so can I have it 120 degrees, please? The last hexagon turns green, and the power is restored. The emergency door raises. Lieutenant Commander Pranica walks through. Here's the dilithium key. We've been told to get it to sickbay. With the power out, the stasis fields collapsed, and something got out. Arriving at sickbay, you find the door is opening and closing on a pile of tribbles. What would you like to do? Run run the other way. I've, I've seen tribbles decimate planets and they're not to be messed with. Can we stamp on a trizzle? <laughs> trizzle? Yeah, shizzle my trizzle, like the famous Snoop Dogg song. Fishes on my trizzle and there's a lipizzany rizzle. Tribble. How many tribbles are there in this pile? There's qu quite a number, like you, you could climb over it though. Are they causing any trouble? Um, other than preventing the door from closing. Are they causing any trouble? <laughs> oh we, we might say there was some trouble with the tribbles. We'll climb the small mound of tribbles to get into sickbay. So you squeeze through the door and you make it into sickbay, where you find the whole room has been covered by the tribbles. One tribble must have escaped stasis during the power loss and has bred to cover the entire room. We need to get them off the ship. When you say covered the entire room, do you mean like we're waist deep in them or we're literally breathing triples right now? There's, there's various piles of them. I, for some reason, triples like to cluster. So there's like some piles of them in the corner of sick bay. There's some of them on, on the beds. There's some gaps where you can see the floor. Do we have access to a computer station in here? So if you look around the room, you can see there's a few consoles. Only one of them is active. There's a weapons locker at the back and there's a door to the office. What's in the weapons locker? You go to the weapons locker and find it can't be opened. There's no visible mechanism or code entry that you can see. Can I ask the computer to open the weapons locker? The computer doesn't respond. Rude. Computer, synthesize triple poison <laughs> using your magic matter 
replicator. Computer still does not respond. Yes. I suppose if it did synthesize poison on cue, that would be dangerous. Probably not the best idea when you're <laughs> designing a spaceship to just put like boxes everywhere on the ship that anyone could just walk up to and be like, deadly airborne poison, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anthrax smoothie, please. This tastes terrible. <laughs> okay, can we take a look at the office in the corner, please? They're sort of kicking tribbles out the way as we do, stamping on their little furry bodies. Walking towards the office, you find the entrance is blocked with tribbles. Just trying to consider how new this the Enterprise is and see if there's an emergency medical hologram that we could summon. I was thinking the same thing. Given that Chief Engineer Argyle is in charge, it's season one. Oh. Maybe we could use our heads and make a battering ram to break through the triple barrier. Um, who's got the flattest head? I think that sounded like volunteering to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, let's, let's hoist him. <laughs> like an armor to each. I should point out, Mike here has the least uh, padding on his head, so it would suffer the most damage in the event of an accident. Is there some padding on Joey's backside that we could use? <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what's on Joey's backside from the first holodeck that we were in. I, I, I can, can, so use me as a feet first battering ram. I'd feel better about being a feet first battering ram. Okay. Are you going to bat, battering ram through the dribbles? Yeah. Okay, so you pick him up, I'm assuming one on each side, and you start swinging him, and you throw him into the dribbles, and it starts knocking Whee! dribbles into the room. It feels somewhat like a ball pit. All of a sudden, one of you lets go, and Mike just falls into the room. There's dribbles everywhere. However, Mike, on your left leg, you can find it feel like a hard surface. I'm going to turn to Joey as Mike disappears into the troubles and go, well, he's dead. <laughs> Is the hard surface the floor? Are you okay, Mike? You want, yeah, can I, can, I, can I fumble for the hard surface, please? So you, you fumble around the hard surface and you find there's like a lip to it, or like an edge to it. It's about uh, one and a half metres by 75 centimetres. Is it a door? No, it's not a door. Can I, can I, can I, can I pry this open, whatever this, this surface is? No. You need to tug on the hard surface. Why would I need to tug on it? Are you tugging on it? Why would I need to tug on a hard surface? Jack, Jack, clean me in, son. Hmm, yeah? Uh, maybe it's, maybe you can open it. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can give it a tug then. A cheeky, cheeky triple tug. Tugging it doesn't seem to make it move. It does, it does wobble a bit, though. Can I add to the sympathetic motion by giving it more of a wobble? <laughs> okay, so you give it more and more of a wobble, and all of a sudden, whatever it is, falls over on the side. You plunge into the pile of tribbles, and there's now uh, two desk legs sticking up out of the pile of tribbles, and the very lip of a desk. I think we found a table. Does it have a drawer in it, like one of those like under-table drawers? No, there's no drawer. Can somebody pull me out of this pile of tribbles? Yeah, I'll, I'll grab you, I'll pull you up. As you're being pulled out of this pile of tribbles, you're pushing yourself up on the tribbles, and you feel a small, hard, tablet-shaped object. Steady on, Jack. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> if you're as big as a tablet, that's a bit of a chode. Oh, wow. So this tablet that we've got, does it power up or anything at all? It's a Star Trek pad, like, you know, you get on, on the TNG show regularly. Okay. On it is written, Chief Medical Officer's Authorization Code, Crusher 562. Okay, so we've got a code, but we have no idea where we're putting that. There was a, a we had that, that console earlier, didn't we? Yep. Can we pop over to the, the working, well, the console that was on, please? Going around the corner, get back to the console. You find it is configured for medical usage. However, in the top right is an option to reconfigure. Can I order some non-prescription medication before we reconfigure this? There, there is a medication option available on the console. Excellent. What, what medication can we, can we order? It just lets you enter it. What are you ordering? Codeine. Let's have some medical marijuana. Yeah. Uh, ethanol. Orange squash. 
um, and those custard creams they give you when you give blood. You press the button, you reconfigure it, and it comes out of one of the replicators in the corner. Sweet. Uh, all in one or separately? It's sort of in a, in a pile. They're separated, like, you know, a bit of an air gap between them. I imagine the custard creams appeared above the ethanol and have just kind of, like, dropped into it and it's dissolving. Oh, perfect. Yeah, let's dissolve everything in the ethanol and have ourselves a party. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what we call a galaxy class? Just uh, equal parts, ethanol, orange juice, and custard cream. It's a it's a real hit down at the, uh, down at the bar. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're making a reference or not. This is how we <laughs> play on Star Trek. <laughs> I, I was I was struggling myself. Oh, this is dangerous there. territory. <laughs> oh, I, I could say literally anything about Star Trek, and you believe me? Wouldn't I, you? I really would. If you're like, oh, the Galaxy Class, and I'd be like, yes, that cocktail that they frequently reference. I I wouldn't know. Is it green? So, Jack, do you want to explain your story of trying to get your friends to watch Star Trek? So, when you have two friends that haven't seen any Star Trek, and you don't know they haven't seen any Star Trek, so you just put whatever episode you're onto, right? So the first episode they ever see involves the ship going so fast that everyone devolves into lizards, escapes the ship, fuck each other, lay eggs, abandon the eggs, and then never speak of it again. That is a great episode of Voyager. Even I remember that one. Yeah, I love, I love Voyager. They never watched any Star Trek again. Can we press the repurpose button, please? The reconfigure button. That's the sausage. Yeah, so you press the reconfigure button and the message is displayed saying, Chief Medical Officer, authorization required. Crusher 562, baby. You enter the code on the console and are given three options. Navigation, engineering, and transporter control. Transporter, we're going to beam them all off the ship. Yes. You reconfigure for transporter control. The panel says, please select a lifeform signature. Vulcan, Andorian, Orion, Tribble. Totally Tribble. After selecting the life form, the panel asks, please select target. Cargo bay. Commander Riker's quarters. <laughs> Commander Riker's entertaining quarters. <laughs> Klingon bird of prey. Data's quarters. Why is there a Klingon bird of prey in here all of a sudden? Well, there appears to be a Klingon bird of prey with their shields down next to the Enterprise. I I don't know what mission they're on. You, you as the cleaning crew would not be aware of such uh, privileged information. Are there any pictures of Tribbles in Riker's collection? Because we've been carrying that around with us since we picked it up. You better believe <laughs> I took a copy of that. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to browse through it and see if I can find any pictures oh, of okay. troubles. It takes you a long time. Like, you, you're going through a lot of stuff here. There's a huge amount of material. Even in tea, there's quite a bit. You find a picture of a Commander Riker and Andorian woman lying on a bed of tribbles. Both the Andorian women and Commander Riker are in a state of undress. Oh, he's, he's got his way ahead of us. He's, he's done this already. Okay, so basically we're going to be sending the tribbles to his, what was his, his entertainment palace so you send them to the entertainment quarters and immediately commander riker comes on the comm and asks you why are there suddenly triples in his quarters he's entertaining the andorian princess from their last mission all oh, right so it's just basically redoing his scene with the photos <laughs> <laughs> somebody stole my last set of photos i need to take them off <laughs> i mean my life's work you do notice that the pad is currently doing a syncing operation. Can you know Google Photo Sync? I mean, does Data need oxygen? He doesn't, does he? No, Data does not need oxygen. Okay, can we just teleport them into Data's quarters? Okay, so you go back through, you select the tribbles again, and then you transport to Data's quarters this time, and Commander Data comes over the comm and asks why there are tribbles in the quarters. I figured they'd all suffocate, because why would you waste oxygen in a robot's quarters? Because it's well known that every episode where people come to visit Data, they just start like coughing and choking. That's a very good point. Like, their lungs just bursting out of them as they enter the door. It's <laughs> just what a wasteful spaceship. Okay, can we please teleport these into the Klingon bird of prey, who presumably we weren't previously cross with because they had their shields down next to us, but will soon quite likely be quite cross with us. I believe we're about to start a diplomatic incident. I see. Indeed. <laughs> 
So you uh, beam the tribbles over to the Dragon Bird of Prey. Nice work. Here, have the tribble key. I guess that's the end of it. You can report back to Captain Picard now. Suddenly, the red alert alarm sounds throughout the ship. Klingon boarding parties have been transported to Deck 3, Deck 12, and Deck 36. As he says this, a Klingon barges into the room and shoots Lieutenant Commander Pranica. <laughs> you dive behind the beds, avoiding shots from the Klingon's disruptor. What would you like to do? Do we have access to the control panel still, or is it being suppressed? There's too much suppressive fire, and you can't get to the control panel. Is the weapons locker now open because of the red alert? Yes, you notice there's now a green light on the weapons locker. Can we run and grab said weapon? I wouldn't run. There's a, there's a lot of fire coming your way. Can we moonwalk? <laughs> yes, you can, of course. <laughs> if I shout suppressing fire really loud and make pew-pew noises while you moonwalk to the locker, do you think that would work? Chorus. <laughs> You moonwalk over to the weapons locker, retrieve a phaser, and start returning fire. Your second shot hits the Klingon right in the middle of the chest, killing him. Why have we not got the phaser to stun? Why are we killing them? We took the phaser rifles that are set to kill by default. Yeah, Klingons, Klingons invading the ship. Excuse me, I think you might have lost your triple. Also, my phaser is misfiring. Can you help me? Ah, my chest! The red alert stops, and Picard's voice again sounds throughout the ship. The Klingon boarding parties have been halted. We are setting course for Starbase 173. Oh. And will the cleaning crew please report to my ready room? Oh. I think we're about to get a medal for our <laughs> fine efforts. You take the turbo lift directly to the bridge and wait to enter the ready room. Enter. The computer informs me that you three are responsible for saving the ship twice today. That is commendable. It is a shame about Lieutenant Commander Harrison and Pranica. They will be missed. You offer the hollow key, the dilithium key, and the triple key to Captain Picard. He takes them, placing them on his desk. I've been looking for these. <laughs> what kind of fucking arcane <laughs> key ring is Captain Picard? <laughs> ah, excellent. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, how the triples got out earlier. I lost the key. The interesting thing is that none of the doors have locks or keys. So why Picard needs a keyring? Or three keys? I just, like, ah, those keys. And then right. he flushes them out of the airlock because he doesn't fucking need a key because he's a spaceman. <laughs> that, or he's like, oh, excellent. Nobody's been able to get into the dilithium fridge all day. I can unlock this. Oh. Is there a big, like, oak chest behind his desk with, with three keyholes in it? Have we escaped? You've escaped. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for listening. And thank you to Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica of the Greatest Generation podcast for lending their voices as special guest stars. If you have liked this Star Trek special, we would recommend checking them out on your podcatcher of choice. If you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you did, you can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, theimpsonescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. If you would like to support us, please leave a review on Facebook or iTunes, as it's a massive help in reaching new audiences. That will bend over, Joey, and we'll both just kind of <laughs> get our poles in there and just argh, give it a good old, uh, good old scrub. <laughs>